they did a, a full eval and um, thought that it was MS instead of a vaccine reaction. So they sent me out to find a neurologist somewhere in the valley. And I called the neurologists and they all told me that I needed to go to the ER. And that was just the very beginning of this little bit of a runaround I was getting. And it just got worse from there. And so I reached out to the drug company uh, over the next several months, literally begging them, you know, for help with tears running down my face because um, I thought I was dying and I got nowhere. Um, after I landed in the hospital, my legs stopped working. Uh, the drug company called me while I was in the hospital and they said, we're not, we're going to tell you to not get the second shot because you obviously had a problem with the first. And I said, no problem there. Uh, the, the strange thing is, is that conveniently gave them the loophole to drop me from the trial uh, and no further, no longer need to gather my safety data from that point on. And in the clinical trial report in the New England Journal of Medicine, they say that they follow all adverse events for up to 730 days. And the last I heard from them was day 60. I was uh, one of the first to get the vaccine. I got it in the second week of the rollout. And I had a near immediate reaction within 30 minutes. I started having blurred vision. My face started burning. My tongue became numb. I felt very dizzy and I almost passed out. And within about 24 hours, I became severely ill with neurological, cardiac, and autonomic uh, nervous system dysfunction. I, I was having severe, agonizing, burning pain in my face, my entire body. I felt like electricity was running through me. I had vibrations inside of me, loud tinnitus, and the list goes on and on. Chest pain, shortness of breath, tachycardia. Um, I started reaching out to physicians in my community who knew nothing about these reactions. And so I realized I had to go higher up and try to find someone who was involved with the vaccine to help me. So I researched on the internet and I came up with a gentleman's name at the NIH, um, Alcus Togius, who's the branch division of, I guess, pulmonary diseases, lung diseases, and he was studying the vaccine. He was extremely nice and sympathetic, and he acknowledged to me that they were well aware of these reactions, but they didn't know what to do for them. And he actually referred me to a woman at Stanford, Kari Nadeau, who was studying adverse reactions to the vaccine. And she was also very nice. And uh, I sent blood to her and she started studying my blood. She saw that I was having a serious reaction in my blood. She called it a type three hypersensitivity reaction and activation of the inflammasome pathway. Um, and I guess that was a pretty serious uh, reaction. And from there, you know, I tried to get help and virtually there was no help available to me. We thought that we were doing the right thing. We thought we were funneling everybody into a resource that was going to, in the end, help us and help the thousands more like us. But the sad reality is, is that wasn't the case. Um, so after AstraZeneca started marketing here in the United States as safe and effective, we realized pretty quick that um, that wasn't true and that they weren't going to be disclosing my reaction or other reactions like mine to the American public. So we reached out to the NIH, um, to Avindranath, 
And um, it's the same department under Fauci. And they work through the neuroinfectious disease department there. And we reported my injury and we reported another injury that was very similar to mine, uh, also from AstraZeneca. And 10 days later, AstraZeneca was pulled from the market. But that's on January 10th, 2021. That's when this study started at the NIH to evaluate adverse events to the COVID vaccines. Now, the interesting thing about this is this, if you if you look back in time, what was going on in January of 2021 is it was very early on, very early on in the vaccine rollout. Um, so it was just barely starting to branch out from medical professionals getting the vaccines. So there still was not this report of myocarditis. This, the shots were still not happening to kids. Um, there was a, a huge amount of the population that still had yet to get the vaccines, but had no idea that the National Institutes of Health was launching a study to look into adverse events. My first involvement was uh, with the NIH, was um, through Denise and Bree. Denise had reached out. And Denise was the one who told me that uh, Dr. Savavi at the NIH was a person to contact that they were willing to do some sort of research or study and were interested in what was going on. And so my first contact with the NIH was through an email to Dr. Savavi um, in uh, February uh, 2021. You know, my story is eerily similar to many people, including these magnificent women that are here on this call. Um, you know, I, I was vaccinated January 18th, 2021. I had an immediate reaction. I know with 100% certainty that my reaction and the cascade of health issues that I had are from the vaccine. There is no doubt about it. Um, but you know, that first week I was alone. I was scared. I was having nocturnal convulsions. I was having full autonomic uh, dysfunctions. Um, you know, I know now being diagnosed with mast cell activation syndrome, small fiber neuropathy, uh, histamine intolerance, dysautonomia, that my body was falling apart. Um, I too thought that I was dying as well. And, you know, was making my will, was leaving a last letter for my family, um, you know, making a testament of what was going on. And um, my mind frame at the very beginning was, I've got to shout this from the rooftops. This can't happen to anybody else. I thought I was alone. I thought I was the only weirdo that this was happening to. And um, so my first mission was researching to find out a what was going on with me and b if I could figure out what was going on with me then I could get the information out to help others. Well slowly but surely I'm not finding any information and I too have the same story as Cheryl I found uh, an article in neurology today that was um commenting about how there were no adverse reactions to the covid vaccines or no neurological reactions and at the very bottom uh commented commenting was Dr. Denise Hertz. And I'll just never forget how thankful I was that I saw her email address attached to that comment and immediately reached out to her. And, you know, I was, I too have had a reaction. And then, you know, we formed this small little coalition of, of Denise, Bree, Cheryl, myself, and maybe one or two others. And this small email thread of five or six 
was growing very quickly. We went from five to six to doubling to 12 to doubling to 24 and then so on and so forth to where, you know, from early February, when I finally met with Denise until um, early March, we thought we can't, we can't keep adding people onto this email thread. We've got to do something else. So that's when we started our uh, private Facebook group. And from there, that's when we all, you know, we're constantly talking of who can we get to help us? Um, how can we reach out to people? Because at this point, we didn't think there was some sort of vendetta against us. We just wanted to get the truth out. We wanted to help be transparent. And so um, I became involved with sending my samples to Stanford, uh, to Carrie Nadeau. And um, it was almost impeccable how the timing was, but about the same time that Denise and Bree and all that was going on with the NIH finding Dr. Nath, my stepmother was doing a lot of research for me as well. Um, she's an ex-nurse. She worked in the laboratory and ran the laboratory at a small hospital here for many years. And so she's very scientifically inclined, um, you know, very apt to knowing all of these, you know, scientific uh, avenues to go through on, you know, researching blood work and all these things. And she had found Dr. Nath as well. So um, I felt comfortable once uh, the ball was rolling with this NIH study to start enrolling individuals into um, this program that they were wanting us um, to be involved in. So I had sent messages to Dr. Nath, Dr. Safavi. Um, the first messages that went through, no one responded to me. And um, so it took a couple of days. And so I thought, well, I'll follow up with them again. And, and after the second day, someone did finally reach out to me. And um, we scheduled an appointment to have um, uh, a Zoom uh, virtual uh, an appointment with Dr. Safavi. And then from there, you know, sent in blood samples um, to the NIH. So to backtrack on my story slightly, before all of this happened, I was sending messages out to Pfizer. I was sending messages to CDC, FDA, um, you know, big names with our governing agencies, because again, I'm not thinking that there's some sort of, you know, cover up going on with vaccine injuries. I'm thinking these people don't know about it and I need to tell them somebody has got to be the one to do it. And um so that's how this whole, um, you know, group got started, how the whole study with the NIH, um, our tagging with the CDC and the FDA um, and the drug manufacturing companies, we all thought that we were doing what was right to actually get the word out instead of being hushed and covered up. <laughs>